Hello. Hello and good morning. Uh, so it's an ominous morning. Oh, what is your fortune, young man? Well, let us see. It appears when I stare into this crystal ball. Oh, God, there's a ring. There's a, there's a, okay. Just gotta wipe that off. Um, it appears when I stare into this crystal ball that your future is filled with tacos. Uh, probably not, but my present is. I'm wearing a uh, taco cat spelled backwards is, is taco cat t-shirt um, that my sister bought me because I'm still in my pajamas. Uh it's not a shirt I would wear. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I was I was a little <laughs> was a little curious there about you wearing that shirt to work. No, um, not that you necessarily couldn't. I don't know what your dress code is. Oh, it's, Do you have it's, a dress code. It's a very liberal dress code. Um, I just uh, yeah, I I would personally elect not to wear this outside. Um, but it's a it's a comfortable shirt to sleep in. It's just is a little weird that it says Taco Cat spelled backwards as Taco Cat. That's all you got to deal with. You know, it's nice to have the truth on your shirt. <laughs> the truth that's, on my side. The truth um, on your side, on your front side. <laughs> um, that's where I like to keep my truth, is on my front side. Mm, yeah. Uh, and but, all uh, the lies are on the back. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> truth in the front, lies in the back. Um, but, uh, a, yes, like a, like a good mullet. <laughs> like, like, is there really a good mullet? Um, but... Uh, <laughs> The the uh yeah it's just uh just you know living living my large. truthful life <laughs> oh my large truthful life <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an episode on MTV mm-hmm. mm. my large truthful life uh, uh it sounds yeah. it sounds like sort of propaganda that a certain uh member of the White oh. House's son yeah. family thing would maybe anyway uh but so. How are you on this fine August morning? Ah, tis August, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm uh, uh experiencing California August and what I found fascinating um was the uh heat index and sort of the 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 barrier to entry for uh declaring hey we've got a heat advisory in effect versus in Missouri and also like a heat advisory being in effect here and how that feels versus a heat advisory being in effect in Missouri and how that feels and they are very different feeling and i will gladly I see your Missouri, <laughs> I see your Missouri heat advisory, and I raise you a California heat advisory, which was much more pleasant in the sense that I didn't walk outside and was instantly able to fill a kiddie pool with my own sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was pleased about that, and so was my body, and so was the kiddie pool, <laughs> the empty kiddie pool. Uh, I prefer a quick kiddie pool half full or half empty (laughs) positivity Uh, no but the uh yeah it's definitely different uh being in a drier uh climate um and uh at least i assume petaluma is a drier climate than 
where you were in Missouri. It is, yes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it was a, an odd experience when I first came out here, too, because uh, being from Florida... Oh, um, my God. Which is uh, quite wet. Um, and in all kinds of ways you wouldn't expect um yeah it's oh it's a it's a big difference to to move out here and uh see that the temperatures can hit higher levels before you're uncomfortable because uh there's not just ambient uh you know water trying to like punish you um <laughs> but uh yeah that's 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 one of the interesting things is getting used to that especially in the the bay area you have a lot of uh uh, microclimates so you get to experience uh different forms of weather uh by driving small distances <laughs> it's yeah that's kind of the the shortness between the short journey one must take in order to experience different um different climates is is fascinating to me for sure and just how quickly the change happens and also just literally the other day i went from having a little bit of of sweat like from just from being hot not from there being humidity to freezing my pants off in such a short period of time um we were at a restaurant we were eating outside um which i as i think we've talked about on this podcast don't prefer to do um and it went from, like I said, hot to just freezing cold in no time at all, like to the point where I was shivering. And that kind of taught me the lesson on what everybody says here, which is make sure you bring your layers. Well, mm-hmm. I didn't listen and I should have listened. And from now on, I will listen. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, down here. Um, layers are less important, uh, because it's, uh, more consistent, but, uh, it is nicer, I think maybe to have, uh, have some options. Um, I do, yeah. I do like the options and honestly, I do like to freeze my pants off. I, <laughs> no, I, I do. Um, and it's quite nice to be chilly and that does not have like, when it's summer in Missouri, you're not getting chilly unless you go inside and your mom makes you chilly. No, unless you go <laughs> inside and it and you turn the AC up real high. Otherwise, you're going to be hot the whole time. It, whether it's 11 p.m. or 7 a.m., you're going to be hot. So that was kind of a revelation that that is a possibility. But I did quite enjoy that possibility. Hmm. I don't know where this voice came from, but it suddenly just hit me, and now I'm talking with it. (laughs) Apparently, with this voice, you have to be very careful to pronounce every single one of the consonants and syllables and even the vowels. Interesting. Have you ever thought about taking improv classes? You know, I have thought about doing that. But who has the time, Joe? <laughs> yes, who does? Who who has the time? Who has the time for improv <sighs> classes? Except people who are want to be on SNL someday. Mm, yeah, which uh, is not not me at all. No, not me either. Um, there's there's a there are several studios uh, in the LA area, as you might imagine. Um, the I think Groundlings maybe being the the most famous. 
where uh, people go with their hopes of being eventually uh, in in SNL. Um, and I, I don't have that hope in me. Um, that's, that's not something I'm going to do. Uh, and I don't have the free time, um, to even do that as a joke. Uh, nor, nor do I really have the skill set required. Um, although I have thought about just going to improv classes to, uh, break down my social awkwardness a little by, by forcefully subjecting myself to, uh, extreme, extremely painful moments of trying to improvise in front of other people. But uh, that's... This is another one of those moments where I wish that we lived closer because then we could go to improv classes together and it would reduce some of that for both of us in theory. I don't know. Maybe you're, you would be even less likely to want to do it if you had a friend there. But for me, I would benefit from having a friend there and then I would go. Like it, for, for those reasons, I think that it could be helpful in any situation, you know, you're doing a live show and you need moments to improvise uh, when you mess up an ad or something, whatever it happens to be. And I like that the idea of sort of uh, flexing those muscles even more than I already do. Uh, And yeah, so that would be, that'd be fun. And I like the idea of it being just a a kind of a therapeutic thing in the sense of of helping with social anxiety or awkwardness or or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a nice thing. So yeah. it's a shame that we'll have to meet in Oakland and go to classes together. Just kidding. I think that's still more on my side. Like I don't even know what is <laughs> halfway between you and me is like Missouri. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, let's see what is halfway in between us. Um, I think you're, if you drew a straight line mm, between Petaluma and, let's see, maps.google.com. Oh, I like how you said Google, just to be clear. Google. Uh, it was definitely Google and not just launching the Maps app from Apple. Mm-hmm. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do directions. Do- I know how to type where I live. That's fine. I'm going to have a nice yeah. bite to eat while you're... Oh, what are you, what are you, what are you feasting on? I don't want to say. You don't want to say? No. Mm. Mm. <laughs> what could be so embarrassing? It's I wonder. It's just an odd choice for breakfast. Oh. Because Is I it... said... Well, because I think I just said on Clockwise yesterday that I only have this for lunch and dinner. <gasps> You're having rice and beans? I'm having rice and beans. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, we need to talk about this. <laughs> it's the perfect food. I mean, I understand. They're both staples of many diets uh, that people have the world over. But uh, You get your protein, you get your carbs. The problem is you don't get any fat. And this is this is the modern world, folks. And we have better understandings of food. And fat is very important. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't... I didn't know that beans didn't have fat, but rice does have fat. But it's only like 1.5 grams per serving. And with all the fiber that I'm getting from this meal, it's requiring a lot for my body to process. So it doesn't end up uh, kind of evening out. So sometimes I'll level that out with some peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hate eating. 
<laughs> maybe maybe you'd like eating more if you didn't punish yourself with peanut butter in your rice and beans. I don't put it in it. <laughs> I just have some afterward. Um. Okay. Uh. See, what I would have suggested if you were looking to add uh, a fat would be to add uh, some olive oil. Um, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say avocado, and I was going to say avocado don't. Well, I thought you were allergic to avocado. Exactly. Okay. And you remembered. That's kind. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, olive oil. Um. You can, if you're just looking for some, some fat, because that's a healthy fat. I love olive oil. Mm-hmm. I don't like olives. I have a huge thing of it. Oh, no. Which ones? I don't like any olives. No, come on. I'm sorry. Are, are you expressing an opinion that I should like something? That <laughs> yes, I, <don't>? I am. <laughs> because, because, yes. I am. <laughs> now, you, you can not like olives if you don't want to. Uh-huh. Um, I used to love black olives, and then... I would get them for Christmas all the time as like sort of a gag, but also because I really liked black olives and then I ate too many of them and now I don't like them as much. But green olives, Kalamata olives, all kinds of other olives besides black olives. I'm down to clown with said olives. Mm-hmm. So it looks like halfway between us would be somewhere in fresno county but it all looks like farms so i don't really want to meet there <laughs> we'd meet on a farm and just do an improv class between the two of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> it seems not useful for a variety of reasons but uh but yeah i know that's that's unfortunate um i'd say the the halfway point that you'd actually want to be in would probably be paso robles um and uh it's not that's less than halfway um Although with driving distances, you know, it just varies That's on the pocket of traffic you hit. A little bit. Yeah. yeah uh, but anyway, yeah, um, no peanut butter, please. Uh, I, I mean, I like <laughs> peanut butter. I like it as a snack on occasion. Um, I, I, you know, I've been known to, you know, have, have, a, have a little peanut butter, but uh, it's, it's just, it's a weird combo. <laughs> it certainly is. Uh, but, uh, but, oh, an important question. Uh, mm-hmm. Creamy or crunchy peanut butter? I'm a cruncher. Oh, no. It's because food is so boring, and the crunch adds some sort of experience to it. Creamy peanut butter is just like, oh, there's something in my mouth? I didn't know. Yeah, but see, I like that. It's just creamy, you know? It's not intrusive to anything. There's no, like, surprise little shards of peanut you have to deal with. (laughs) The the peanuts are not trying. Maybe that's why I like it because I'm constantly punishing myself with food, <laughs> as you said. Yeah, it's I mean, like oh man, here's I, a, a risk of of getting poked by a peanut. <laughs> I mean, um, oh my but, god. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway. Uh, so how's the technology sphere working for you? Um, I heard that you were uh, put in charge of uh, Microsoft Windows yesterday. Yes, uh, Satya Nadella called me up and said, hey, I just bought a soccer team. Well, my wife and I bought a soccer team. And I would love it if you would just go ahead and run Microsoft for me while I'm doing that. And I said, you know, Satya, um, I think I can do that for you. And I, he gave me the key to the Microsoft and uh, it's, it, it's called it's, it's called Microsoft Access, by the way. 
Well, so this is this is a little bit different. It's actually it's this little white. Uh, it kind of looks like a crank, and you stick it onto you fasten it onto the window, and then you turn it, and it opens up the window. And that is that's how you get access to Microsoft. Um, you literally have to climb through the window in order to get inside. Mm. But once I was inside, I said, "Okay, this is this is my place now." And then everybody started listening to me. No, um, I was on Windows Weekly. Um, so right now, uh, Leo Laporte. Well, I guess I should start there. If you have not listened to some episodes or you don't follow me or what have you. I work at uh, Twit now, This Week in Tech, uh, twit.tv, and Leo Laporte is one of the main hosts of the network. I, he's the face of the network, um, and he and the CEO and our head of marketing and a person from our continuity department are currently in uh, Florida at what's called the podcast movement, which is a conference for podcasters by podcasters through podcasters under and over podcasters. And so different shows that he hosts needed to be hosted by other people. And they asked me to host windows weekly. Um, and I, I, I think that it's pretty, uh, if you pay any attention to anything I've ever said, I think it's pretty clear that I like, I like learning new things and I get excited about people who are excited about stuff that they're excited about. So I was pretty pumped about going into it, but it was funny whenever uh, during the production meeting um, uh, was my, um, it was the executive producer on the network and she said, Mike is going to be covering Windows Weekly and Leo's sitting next to me and he goes, <laughs> he goes, Oh, do you use Windows? And I said, well, I have. Uh, I did, like, back in high school. <laughs> um, and he's like, oh, okay, well, are you worried about it? And it's like, no, I, I'm just going to get interested, and we'll see what, you know, what, what happens. Um, and it ended up being a really fun time. I uh, learned about Patch Tuesday, which I somehow didn't know about. Um, for those of you who've never done anything in the Microsoft sphere, Basically, every Tuesday of the month, no, every second Tuesday of a given month, Microsoft releases patches for its Windows operating system. And so it's kind of an infamous day for IT professionals, um, or an infamous holiday every month for IT professionals. And it's a nightmare, but also it's a good thing because then problems get fixed. And so... Whenever Mary Jo Foley, which is one of the co-hosts of the show, said, oh, yeah, you know, Patch Tuesday, you probably know about Patch Tuesday. Do you know what Patch Tuesday is? Then, of course, I had to improv um, and say, <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally know what that is. Oh, That's man. a cocktail, right? And then she's like, no, this is what it is. And so I decided that, obviously, since, you know, I had decided it was a cocktail, we have to invent a cocktail called Patch Tuesday. So that's in the works. Uh, Windows Weekly branded cocktail called Patch Tuesday. Um, so it has to be but, something that comes from a patch. Um, well, which it could would, be like a. It could also be like a, a like a sour patch. Drink oh, or something. gross! Yeah, because um, <laughs> I was thinking because uh, we you got you got unfortunately. Hmm, I think pumpkin might be the best thing that comes out of a patch um, because uh, nobody. Oh, but like a berry patch. 
Oh, I guess yeah. Those are those are patches too. Berry berry patch would probably be better than pumpkin patch because pumpkin you're getting into a very fall specific category. Even though we are approaching fall way too fast. Um, the uh, yeah, it's wild how quickly fall's coming around. Yeah, but the the uh, the one thing that I would say is you just want to steer clear of the cabbage patch. Um, I think that that would be an unfortunate cocktail. Oh God! Although probably well suited for Windows IT professionals. <laughs> 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 wow sorry sorry windows it professionals who are listening to this uh they seemed to be delightful people in the mm. chat so well that's good <laughs> I've, I've had i've had interactions where uh it's it seemed like maybe they don't talk to people very often uh about technology in a way that uh, is helpful but uh you know not 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 all windows it professionals there you uh, go yeah <laughs> But uh, that was that was probably a good experience for you to to uh, to broaden your horizons. Although, like you said, uh, not using Windows since high school is a, a thing. I, I yeah. use Windows every day for work. And honestly, if if you put me down in front of a Windows computer, like in my home life, and told me to do something with it, I probably couldn't because all I do is just open the same applications and then not touch anything in the operating system because it is a disaster. Yeah, I'd have to like consult my little brother because he's a twitch streamer person and so he uses a windows machine for his job um and has to like dig into stuff in order to install new cards and do whatever it is that twitch streamers do um so i think that he would be kind of my uh what's the word i'm looking for my tour guide yeah my Hmm. my clippy (laughs) yeah no I, i see that's the thing is like i don't feel like i have anybody in my life who knows anything about windows really which is strange because uh whenever i go home to visit my uh my mom um she'll tell me that something on her computer is not working and then ask me to help her and i'll be like but you know (laughs) i don't know this uh but i'll try and then it's always not as straightforward as it seems and i wind up having to google things that are in windows that uh is is no fun. Like how to back up a hard drive uh, and then why a hard drive backup would stop syncing because um, you visit every so often that you get to do follow up on uh, the, the previous thing that you tried to help her with. <laughs> mm, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, any, to... any other interesting shows that you're hosting? Um, so I do. So I I do iOS Today weekly, and I was super pumped to get to do it with Megan Maroney, who used to be the host of iOS Today um, on Tuesday. Well, we recorded on Monday, but it publishes on Tuesday. Um, that was a lot of fun. And uh, like just having her back on after uh, I used to co-host with her a lot when, when Leo was out. Um, every Thursday, I do Tech News Weekly. That's where Jason Howell and I talk to um, three different people who are publishing stories in sort of the tech ecosystem. And then we talk about our favorite story of the week. Um, And then this Friday, I'm actually doing a show called Triangulation, which is a show that kind of all the different hosts do, where we interview different people sort of in tech and adjacent fields. And so on Friday, I'm excited to talk to a guy who's written a book about all the different ways that humans will... Uh, like all of the different plausible ways that humans could go extinct. Um, On the whole, we are one of the shortest lived species, but we are one of the most like, because we're one of the most intelligent, we're one of the most 
prideful species and believe that we you know are going to outlive everybody and and there's just like numbers wise it's highly unlikely that we're going to outlive everybody um or every other species so that is going to be a fun conversation um and you can catch me there sometimes um i'll of course tweet especially if there are any particular interviews that i think will be interesting uh for for people to check out and then another show called hands on tech where pretty soon we'll be publishing a it's just a, a show that shows off like gadgets and things like that that we've had and one soon will be published about some of the the smart tech or sorry smart pet tech that i have um and then i can't say what it is but i can say that i am working on a show that will be launching um probably next month and so i will be taking point on that show and uh a another host will be will be there that I'm very excited about having as uh, my co-host for that show. So yeah, busy, 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 busy. Um, at that point, I might not be doing Tech News Weekly anymore. But yeah, those are the main ones. Tuesdays at 9 Pacific, although Leo usually rolls in about 9.30 Pacific. So Tuesdays at 9.30 Pacific uh, is iOS Today. And then Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific is... Uh, Tech News Weekly. That is a lot on your plate. Yes, but it is my jobby job. So mm-hmm. yes, it, it feels less like it, it. It's not the extra stuff that I'm doing on top of everything. So yes. it feels less overwhelming. The I would say the thing that's most overwhelming about all of it is um, the kind of ceaseless <laughs> ceaselessness of it because. You're constantly having to schedule guests. You know, there's uh, constantly having to produce for the next show and figure out, you know, what you're going to talk about and things like that. And so, there, that's the one thing that I'm um, still sort of getting organized is figuring out, like, okay, by this day, I definitely want to have this and this done so that I have time for this and this. And with clockwise, you know, scheduling guests for that show. Um, editing every other week and stuff like that. That's where uh, things get a little hairy at times. Not hairy. It's not been hairy yet, but it's just me still trying to figure out kind of how best to uh, schedule all of those things to make sure that everything is um, done and satisfied. But we are looking for a, um, I think, uh, what is it called? I think an assist. What's, what's, is it assistant producer? I feel like there's a different word. Associate producer. Um, I believe is the job that we've put out um, to help alleviate some of that. So they will handle um, some of those production needs like scheduling, which would make it easier for me to focus on the hosting and stuff. And while I'm on the topic and, and talking about these things, what I found most interesting as well is the... So in my opinion... Except maybe somebody like, you know, your executive team. Um, Everybody is working together to achieve a common goal. And everybody's kind of, especially at small companies, everybody's kind of on the same level. And everybody should be appreciated the same. And everybody should be, um, should should have that sort of uh, care, I guess. 
And what I've found kind of interesting and a little bit, um, what's the word? It's, it's not unsettling. It's not shocking. It's uh, just disorienting, maybe, is how kind and thoughtful and um, uh, extra miley everybody is toward hosts of shows. Um, and it's kind of like it, it disturbs my Midwestern sensibilities to have people like dote over me. Um, and so an example of that is like with Windows Weekly yesterday, you know, I came into the studio um, and sat down and uh, then I needed like a, a power cable. So I was about to get up and get one. And then they were like, oh, no, you just hang out there. We'll get the power cable. They go and get the power cable. And then um, somebody asked me if I wanted some water. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go get that in a second. No, they bring me a glass of water. And it's all these like little things and I guess, you know, most of the time the hosts afterward will just kind of get up from the studio and go about their business, whatever needs to be done next. And I like to try and help put away things that are brought out for me and are, you know, part of the process of switching to the next show or whatever. So that's been kind of interesting adjusting to that and finding like the comfy space for me in that where I don't feel like I'm letting people do too much for me and taking it for granted, but then also being okay with the fact that some of that stuff can be done for me so that I can just focus on the show. So I'm still trying to find that balance there of what I feel is appropriate and what best kind of represents, what what best is a reflection of me and, and my character, I guess. Um so yeah, that's been interesting. And I don't know, maybe you if if you think people would not be interested in hearing about that, we could cut it out, but no, that's no. just kind of I, the stuff I've been thinking about lately. I I 100% of people tune in to uh hear about you uh and your your life and what's going on with you. So I don't think you really have a a place you can talk about it. That's so true, mm-hmm. Joe. Like that's I we've talked about that before. Um and I think I've even tweeted about that whenever I've talked about this show is that um, that's one of the things that I appreciate about this podcast is that you and I can really talk about whatever. I mean, we did an episode on pie. <laughs> ah, yeah, that was a good episode. That was a really good episode. You know why? Because it was pie. Because it was pie, and pie's really good. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that things are going to settle down for you uh, in the in the short term. And it sounds like things are really positive about your interactions with people at work and plans moving forwards. So it's just an, an exciting time all around. It is. It is. Um, are you gonna? Are you going to the? Probably not the relay thingy. No, uh, I had booked way before this was announced. I had booked a a, a vacation for the next two weeks um, oh. that coincides with the relay thing. So I'm not gonna. I'm not going. Drat. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, perhaps the only opportunity I was going to have to meet not just you, but uh, other people. But uh, I, yeah, I, I just uh, totally didn't. Uh, couldn't well, do it. it won't be the only opportunity. I have never been to... Well, I don't know. Is Where's um, the Disneyland here in California? Uh, it's in Anaheim. Okay, so then, yeah, I've never been to L.A., so uh, there's going to be a time whenever I want to visit L.A. and visit all you folks, mm-hmm. so... We'll we'll make that happen just yeah. as a, a fun thing that I want to do. Yeah. And then uh, whenever I can go up to wine country next time, um, yeah. we, we've got we got that whole thing. 
Oh, that reminds me. So I was at Kindle Jackson, which, by the way, has my favorite Cabernet Sauvignon. Like, I love KJ's Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, and so I was really excited to be at the actual winery. I don't know if they have multiple multiple wineries, but don't spoil it for me. Well, let's just pretend it's just that one. And I was very happy to be there at their head corporate office. <laughs> um, so I was pumped about being at Kendall Jackson, but it was for the Petaluma Humane Society uh, Gala. And I got to meet royalty because the winner of the World's Ugliest Dog Competition was there at this event and was at a kissing booth. And so I got to give Scamp the Tramp, winner of the 2019 World's Ugliest Dog Competition, a little kiss on the head. And Scamp the Tramp was the sweetest dog. And that has definitely been my highlight of, of California thus far. That's nice. I don't like Kendall <laughs> Jackson. I'm so but... <laughs> excited. For... Oh, you don't? You don't well, like I mean, KJ Cabernet Sauvignon? Uh, I, I prefer... Oh, you're a rosé person, aren't you? No, no, no. I, I really like Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, although, I find it more of a winter bev um, uh, when it's cooler. I don't really want to have it in the middle of the summer. But, uh, you know, you have it in a nice steak, um, some Cabernet Sauvignon. It's good. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a... Uh, I don't, uh, Kendall Jackson's not my favorite favorite uh of of the ones up there uh now i assume you're talking about the like kendall jackson like reserve stuff vintner's reserve yeah yeah. okay because that is a better caliber than i think a lot of people might be picturing when they're thinking of kendall jackson which is usually the mass market lower end tier uh Mm -hmm. that they have but um yeah i mean kendall jackson's fine uh but i I haven't gone on their tour. I have to imagine it's probably pretty good because I went to a tour for Behringer um, and for Mondavi, and those are also like big mass market things, um, like Kendall Jackson, and the the facilities they have are beautiful. Um, a lot of the wines that I like, they have tiny facilities, and they're not actually that interesting or nice for tourists. Uh, but uh, the 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 big ones, uh, they 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 put on a good show uh, when when you go there. So we didn't get to do a tour because um, the whole event was sort uh. of for the gala. Um, so it was like you could adopt animals. You got to meet a lot of um, a lot of animals that have been rescued, and then there was a huge auction to raise money for for the Humane Society. They ended up raising like two hundred thousand dollars that night, um, auctioning off cakes and. Um, just donations in general and things like that. So there was no, no tour, unfortunately, uh, cause the whole event was kind of taken over for the, the gala. Well, I mean, still, so I still need to do that. Yeah. I, that's something that's definitely on my list is like, Oh yeah, I got to do some wine tours. I, I think, mean, I'm right here. So yeah, it would be silly not to. Um, and I, I would suggest that you do something like a bigger operation, like Kendall Jackson or, uh, you know, the the others Behringer Mondavi because they have um impressive facilities for tours uh and at the end of their tours they usually have like a little uh flight tasting of various things that they make uh that uh are I I find to all be of good quality um again not the like 7-Eleven tier um where they have the the lower caliber stuff that they grow in the Central Valley and then ship around um so that's always good i i I recommend that yeah i'll have to do that soon although i haven't been to the kj one uh but 
moving on, we should probably <laughs> briefly talk about a technology topic before we uh, wrap this podcast up. And yeah, I, yeah, um, I'm I'm uh, not sure what appeals to you because you've been talking about technology topics all week, but. We've got uh, the merger of CBS and Viacom. We've got the Apple Card release. We've got uh, buggy iOS concerns and fetching. And we've got... Uh, Tumblr. Tumblr being acquired by Automatic, uh, the WordPress people. And we've got uh, the, the the people freaking out about battery warnings um, now. Oh, yeah. So that last <sighs> one. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, if you somehow didn't see the news, um, Apple is sort of there's there's the battery health setting that they introduced after uh, the report about phones being slowed down um, because as batteries get older, then the phone performance is decreased, and so Apple would automatically uh, s- sort of performance cap the device in order to prolong the life of the battery. Um, so then afterward, Apple released a battery health function that within the settings app, you could see what the life of your battery looked like. And that would give you some information on whether, you know, something that you wanted to get replaced or something you were okay, sort of keeping where it is and toggling on and off that performance cap. Um, now if you have a third party battery installed as in a, a battery installed by someone other than Apple, then you do not get access to those battery health features. And you can't see whether, you know, the battery is high, low, or somewhere in between, and what performance boost it might take. Uh, the headline from iFixit, um, I think, gave a lot of people the impression that Apple was saying, no, if you install a third-party battery, like we're not even going to power on the phone or the phone won't work or something like that. And instead, what it ends up being is you don't have access to those extra features and can't make use of the the new toggle. Um, There's an interesting article, I believe it was just published yesterday on Android Central um, by a guy named Jerry. Um, he goes mostly just by his first name. So that's why I am saying that. But, uh, his article is about how he thinks that while everybody's kind of upset about, uh, Apple quote, locking unquote their devices to their batteries, he thinks that Samsung and other companies should do this. Um, his name's Jerry Hildenbrand. And that was be the, the reason why he said that it is because uh, so the article's titled, Your Right to Repair Stops Where Apple's Liabilities Begin. Apple's not trying to stop you from swapping your iPhone battery. It just doesn't want a Note 7 situation on its hands. So the argument here is that if you choose to swap out your battery with a third-party battery, then we can't tell you the health of that battery and have you be able to trust that the health of that battery is good we don't want to have that liability, so we're not going to um, give you battery health information because at that point, it's like Apple sort of has its hands off and says, that's between you and God, <laughs> and you get, to, you get to decide how you feel about having that battery. So I'm curious, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on this, on the, the blowback <laughs> and, and everything in between? 
I am one of those people who would never trust anyone other than uh, Apple to service the iPhone. Um, I know that that's not an option for many people when they live in certain parts of the country or in certain parts of the world where there is not uh, ready access to Apple services for repair. Uh, I will say that it's a little weird the way that it does it, the the, the specific message that it's not going to do this service. Um, I do think it's a tempest in a teapot because if you are replacing this battery using a third party person anyways, you might not be looking at this battery health information to begin with, I'm assuming. I'm not sure. Uh, So it doesn't, it feels like the kind of thing that one person noticed um, and then said that, hey, I noticed this, and then it turns into a big philosophical discussion about the hypothetical ramifications of locking people in and out of certain ecosystems and, like, what constitutes a monopoly, and you're like, well, that really made a mountain out of a molehill. Um, So, I don't think it's as big of an issue, and nobody's going to be talking about this next week. Um, The end. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm glad we're on the same page then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this uh, seems like a a non-issue to me and in fact is just a a safety precaution that makes sense if you ask me. So I feel okay with it. Um, Yeah, there's really not anything else to add on that one. It would be nice if uh, there was some way to warn somebody before using a third party uh, battery replacement program that they they should strongly consider using an Apple uh, alternative because they will lose certain features. Um, not because Apple needs that replacement, sweet, sweet replacement money business, um, but mm-hmm. because they will lose these features um, for liability reasons. And I, it, that's not that's not something you can easily clearly communicate to the person up front unless it's a situation where the battery health is low so you can proactively warn them that they should get it replaced with an apple certified person um but i i don't know what constitutes the push notification for that uh but uh <laughs> but yeah it's it's it, there's there's no good way to go about that uh as as for the other technology topics um anything you brief, briefly want to touch on before we uh wrap up um, yeah, so the, the Apple card has kind of been talked about quite a bit. Um, and so I don't want to over, overdo it. I think people have heard a lot about it for sure. Um, I am not getting one. Um, I know quite a few people who do, who did get one, who like it, who are enjoying that, but everybody's kind of talking about how, you know, the 3% cash back is not that great. Um, but I want to briefly shout out the conversation that I had with Megan Maroney on iOS today um, because we. it turns out that, you know, according to sources, um, Goldman Sachs is dipping into subprime lending with the Apple card. And so Apple kind of envisioned this card as an opportunity for folks to be responsible, more responsible. Like it genuinely, you know, they, they talked about that on stage, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. But what we've come to find out is that in talks with Goldman Sachs and as Goldman Sachs and Apple were working on this, they genuinely were trying to create a card that focused on financial responsibility 
and made it so that that was an easier process. And so the card is available to more folks than it normally would be um, and offers a smaller amount of money um, in many cases than than you might typically get from a, car, a credit card company who's looking to make money off of you on your late fees and things like that. Um, so I kind of, my theory is that, you know, the, the complaints about the lower rewards and uh, less, <laughs> less cash back kind of values. And I think that if Apple were to, you know, Apple goes to Goldman Sachs and says, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is our vision then there's going to be a back and forth there. And there's going to be a conversation about, well, what's the value to us? Because if you've got someone who can, who you can give $30,000 of, of credit limit and who uses the credit card for big purchases and, you know, pays back or whatever, like you've got Goldman Sachs is used to working with very wealthy people and um, big companies and then you can give bigger rewards and cashbacks bonuses to those folks because you're making more money off of them. But to make those same kinds of rewards available to the average consumer is not so much a possibility. And so I think and that's my theory on why those cashback values are less is because, you know, there's a give and take and Apple gets a card that Goldman Sachs is willing to dip into subprime lending to offer and in return, they can't promise this super uh, huge cash back reward on on this onset card. So I don't know. It, it that that's just my theory on on it. <clears throat> oh, I think that's. Uh, I think th- there's you know definitely something to that. Uh, the APR is not super low, um, probably for the same reason. And according True, to. Yeah. Uh, one report that I saw that I don't remember the sourcing on, um, which is always good, uh, that uh, Goldman Sachs is losing like $350 per card issued right now. Um, I don't know how much of that is in $350 worth of titanium, but uh, it is uh, not going to break even for several years um, on on doing this little project with Apple. Uh, and so that they, they are... Uh, they were, I think, in an SEC filing, they were saying that they are more exposed to risk if there was a recession, um, because they're going to have losses in the short term uh, on this. So interesting, yeah, uh, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, the 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 card continues to be an interesting anomaly um, because it has many unique attributes um, because of its connection with Apple. Uh, I'm also not getting one, uh, although both of us know Dan Sturm, and uh, he's he's been happy and um, talking about it. <laughs> happy and go lucky. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kyle Kyle Gray, um, he's I don't know, he's got a process where he complains about every little thing. Uh, that, that's <laughs> every transaction that he's processed so far. Uh, so there there are people you can follow for that kind of information um, in Arizona, but uh, it is. Uh, not something I'm looking for the the unique invitation opportunity to and there's all those things about like how you can uh, get the URL anyways even if you're not invited and you can get in on the program and I, I just I'm I'm not in a rush uh, this can this can take as long as it needs to uh, having having the, the the rewards of this card or the um, 
benefits of this card because uh, you know there's also like privacy ramifications that might interest people uh, because while they are collecting information about your transactions because they have to know your transaction history that's like what they do um, then you know, even though they're doing that uh, they're there's supposedly not going to be using it for marketing except for some weird way where they're going to be able to expose on device offers to you um, in in some kind of anonymized fashion uh, I, I'm interested in seeing more of the details on what the heck's going on with that but uh, like I saw someone in the six colors slack uh, Jason Snell's member slack for his website six colors i saw somebody say that uh they uh paid for something via apple pay it's elliot shank uh they pay for something via apple pay with the card and now they got a notification and walt died asking them if they wanted to add the loyalty card um and uh they wanted to find some way to turn that off and i was like oh that's interesting i wonder what that Ooh. was i don't have any more information on what he was complaining about but uh it it does make me wonder about um, the the how using that card is maybe going to be the same or different than um, using cards through other major credit card providers. Uh, so who knows? Um, yeah, I also I'm, don't like the the only way to interact with your credit card is through the app. Um, I hate that. Yeah, uh, that makes me feel. I don't know. They're, 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 I don't like it. I don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> no, I, I. I feel like that should be more broadly accessible um, to people, because there are many situations where you're not going to be on your iPhone to access your credit card history. Yeah. What if it's dead? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, the other day, my iPhone wouldn't turn on uh, when I was pushing the the little button on the side, or picking it up, or tapping the screen, or anything. And so I had to look up the instructions for doing a forced oh, reboot. Yeah, because it's totally different now. Yeah. If for anyone listening who's curious, uh, you tap once on the volume up, tap once on the volume down, and then hold the power home side button thing for forever. And then. Yeah, for a million seconds. Yeah, then you'll see the Apple logo and it's rebooted. Um, it is. Not intuitive, um, but uh, you can Google it uh, if you have access to some other computer in your life at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I would prefer the credit card not only be accessible through one device that I have. Mm. Not a good look. No, but uh, I think that concludes the technology stuff because there's not much to say about the CBS Viacom thing. It was pretty much anticipated and blah, blah, blah. They're joining together and then... Sherry Redstone's shopping around the merged entity to sell it to somebody else because the whole reason why she wanted to merge them so that she could sell them to somebody and it might be the situation where she sells it to uh, a large technology company like Apple um, or at least does some sort of weird cross-licensing of library content or blah, 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 blah. Who knows what would appeal to them? Um, but it's definitely not going to be Disney or uh, AT&T or Comcast that buys them because they would run into all kinds of issues with the regulatory stuff about already having their own broadcast companies. Uh, so yeah, they, that's not, that's not happening. Uh, but it's just, it's weird. It's weird news. Uh, and, uh, th that's, that's what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Do you have um, an animal fact to close us out with? Animal facts, animal facts, it's time for animal facts better. Uh, yes, I do. It is, New Zealand is just a wild, wild place home to 
all sorts of gigantic but extinct fauna. Um, and that includes a new species. Okay, so I should note that, that um, New Zealand already has the world's largest parrot. It has a gigantic ass eagle. It's got a <laughs> burrowing bat and uh, some other giant penguins. But, or should I say penguins? Um, but now we've got what people are calling the monster penguin that has been found in New Zealand. This penguin <laughs> was five foot six inches tall on average, weighing up to uh, 80 kilos. Let's see what that is. 80 kilos, two pounds. That's, oh my God. This penguin weighed 177 pounds. Wow. <laughs> um, so the Canterbury Museum uh, and some like historical researchers uh, found some bones of a penguin, a penguin species that they had not uh, figured out yet. And they were looking at birds on... Um, Antarctica and comparing those to the bones that they had found in New Zealand to determine that it was indeed a, a penguin that it was. Um, now, interestingly, it seems that penguins of yesteryear did a whole lot more swimming than they do these days. And they're because their feet at the time were uh, shaped a little bit differently and they didn't yet stand up. So it's not necessarily that we should call it five feet, six inches tall, but five feet, six inches long and spent most of its time in the water um, where I would argue it would be less kind of scary just to see because there's plenty of very big stuff that's in the water that we're kind of used to. So if we saw this penguin today, I don't know that I would be I'd be like, oh, there goes a sea lion without realizing that it was a penguin. Mm -hmm. Um but yes, New Zealand, home to all sorts of large creatures. Sorry, Texas. Everything's bigger in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> you have now the, thank you for that, the Crossvalia waiperenses. No, waiperenses is the monster penguin. Uh, sometime between 66 and 56 million years ago, this bird existed. So a little bit before I was born. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a little before me too. Just a year or two, right? Yeah, just a year or two. You're a vampire, aren't you? <sighs> if only. Um, but uh <laughs> on that blood-sucking note, uh I bid you adieu and we will have a somewhat longer gap between recordings because uh I will not be here. So, ta-da. <laughs> so ha, so ha. <laughs> Uh, alrighty, Joe, mm -hmm. have a great blood sucking weekend mm -hmm. and a great blood sucking vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you on the other blood sucking side. Ah, hello from the other side. Hello from the other <laughs> side. That's, that's my, that's my Adele. It's mm -hmm. very good. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Um, thank you. I'm glad that you repeated what I said, which therefore confirms that it is indeed very good. Mm -hmm. And have a blessed day. Mm -hmm. All of you out there listening, we, we thank you for tuning into our show today. And we hope you'll take some time to just celebrate the little things in life and the big things too, like giant penguins. Because they're important, and so are you. 
and so are your hopes and dreams, and, and I just want you to repeat after me, hey, I'm awesome. Go ahead, say it. Yes, you, you are awesome. All right now, folks, we'll talk to you later.